Well, good morning. I, I did not even know there was such a thing as beardology. Did you know? That's amazing. My mind is blown right now. So, uh, so excited. Look forward to seeing you guys uh, at uh, Guys Night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, also, um, we have our students going to camp, our uh, Extreme Kids Camp. They leave tomorrow. So let's be praying for those guys. Excited about all that God has for them. I know they have some prayer bands out at City Center. You can grab and pray for a student all week. So take advantage of that. God's doing some, some neat things. If you have your Bible, open it up to Mark 15. And then here in a moment, we're going to be in Luke 22. So you can kind of put a, a finger over there. I want to, I want to um, preface this message today. We're, we're um, continuing our series, All Access. We're talking about prayer. And in the last few weeks, we've talked about how because of Jesus, it's through Jesus that we have access to the Father. Uh, Jesus is the one who tore the veil in the Holy of Holies that allows us to go into the presence of God. And we can go at any moment, at any day, for those that are believers in Jesus Christ, those that have, have put their faith and trust in him. And Jesus is the high priest. He's the mediator who does that. And um, man, what a great truth that we can go to the Father at any moment, at any day. And I hope your time in prayer over the last several weeks has grown as you've uh, continued to pursue the Lord. Today, um, I, I want to go a little different direction with this. I want to I want to look at the relationship between uh, the Father and Son a little deeper. This relationship between God the Father and God the Son is the is the best example we have uh, of a father and a son. Uh, we see uh, that God relates to us and communicates and has revealed Himself as a Father, uh, God the Father, and His Son. Jesus Christ. And so we get to look at that. And I want to look at this relationship a little deeper. Uh, and the title of this message is Jesus's dad. Jesus's dad. And so Mark 14, starting verse 32, we'll go ahead and dive in. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful and even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want will, but what you will. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and he prayed, saying the very same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Turn over, if you would, to Luke chapter 22. Just a few pages to your right. This is the same account of the same story from Luke's perspective that we just read from Mark's perspective. So here we go. Luke chapter 22. We're just going to read a few verses here. Starting verse 41. And he withdrew from, from them about a stone's throw away, and he knelt and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. 
Father, would you help us today? By your Holy Spirit, would you bring life, your word? God, that, that the, the words of, of man would fall away, but the, your word would stay forever today to transform and change our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You know, this is a familiar passage that we know happened in the Garden of Gethsemane, and this happened right before Jesus was tried and then crucified in the middle of the night. Uh, It happened after uh, he had the Last Supper with his disciples. And so this is a a pretty well-known moment in Scripture. And lots of times when I've preached this in the past and I've heard many sermons on this passage, there's a focus on, on the disciples and Jesus uh, the idea that here he is bringing them to pray with him and they're falling asleep. Have you ever fallen asleep in prayer? All right, you're a bunch of liars. That's the other services, that's what you're saying? No, 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 we fall asleep in prayer. The idea that Jesus and, and these disciples, their relationship is kind of highlighted. But, but here what I want to do is I want to highlight the relationship with God the Father and God the Son. And I want to I highlight this and I, I want to draw a few lessons from this that I think that we can... We can grab today. This isn't exhaustive. It's just two things that, as I was reading through this, felt burdened and wanted to share with you this morning. And the first lesson I want to share with you is this, that when faced with difficulty, Jesus went to his dad. When faced with difficulty, Jesus went to his dad. This was Jesus' earthly end, and he knew it. Jesus knew that, that uh, his life uh, here on earth was was coming to an end. He had had a moment with his disciples. He had washed their feet. He had given them some last instructions. Uh, he, uh, uh, he had identified Judas as his betrayer. Uh, he knew what was about to go down. And he knew that the things were coming to an end on the earth of his 33-year-old life, his thir- three-year ministry publicly. And when faced with the most difficult uh, moment of his life, he doesn't run. When faced with the most difficult moment of his life, he doesn't get depressed. When faced with the most difficult moment of his life, he doesn't get drunk. When faced with the most difficult moment of his life, he goes to his father in prayer. This is not something that should be a surprise because Jesus found himself in prayer and conversation with the father all the time. As we read through the Gospels, we see that there's moments where he he steals away for a moment to have a quiet moment to prayer. After he ministers to a crowd, he'll find alone time with the Father, and he would pray in a garden. This happened all the time. But here, while in many of those instances, we don't get a picture of his prayer. We have have, um, uh, the Lord's Prayer, which he gives as a model, as his disciples ask, hey, teach us how to pray. He gives them this as a model. It's a beautiful model. There's other moments we, we hear him pray. If you read John 14, 15, 16, 17, some of the most beautiful prayers of Jesus are recorded right in there. But we don't get a record of all of Jesus' conversation with the Father. But here we do. And this is at a pivotal moment in his life when he's facing the most difficult challenge, the most difficult trial. And here in this moment, he calls him Abba. The word Abba is an informal word that Mark translates right there in the text. He says Abba, and he says Father. If you were to go in this region of the world, even today, and listen, you would hear three-year-olds call their dad Abba. This This is not a formal way to address God, and 
This is the God in whom there was at the time ritual sacrifice and the high priest would enter the temple to, to, to atone for the sins, to enter into his presence. There was this kind of reverence and awe. But here, Jesus dealt with the Father, uh, Father God as a, as a dad. Abba, Father. And he comes to him in this moment of difficulty and of trial. Jesus was familiar with him. There had been years of conversation. And as I was reading this, I can't help but think, I want to be the dad that my kids run to when they face the most difficult moments of their life. I want to be the dad that, that my kids... My kids say, I, I, when I'm facing my biggest trial, my biggest moment, that I got to go and I got to find my dad. That's the kind of dad that I want to be. I want them to know that they can cry and they can pour out their hearts to me when they're facing trials. I want them to know that, that, and feel like they can come and ask me for help. See, help changes over the years, doesn't it? Uh, the, the children come, and when they come, help looks like keeping them alive. Like a baby can't keep, stay alive by themselves, and mama's amazing, but mama needs a break sometimes. So, like, you're charged with feeding the bottle sometimes and changing them and bathing them and just, just kind of generally keeping them alive. And as a father, there's that great moment where you realize that they notice you, and you can have this silent moment with them, right, as a baby? where they recognize you and you recognize them and you're serving, you're helping them. But then the help changes as they, they get into toddler land and they're, they're, they're in school and you're trying to figure out how to add and how to subtract, how to multiply or you blow their mind because they, they didn't know that you've ever seen a horse before and they're like, you've seen a horse in real life? And you're like, yes. And they think you're like the Avengers, right? They think you're amazing. And there's those moments you're helping them answer their questions and serving them. Then they get to teenage land and they, they kind of are like, yeah, dad, stay over there, stay over there, stay over there. But then when it gets really bad, okay, dad, come right in here. I need you in those moments. Then they get into college and trying to decide on majors and what school they're going to go to and who they're going to marry and big decisions in their life and they find them coming to you. And this, there's a lot of help. And some of you are, understand help too much. You go, my kids ask for help. They ask for help every day. They're 35 and still asking for help. Lord, help me. Come on. Need a break. But the truth of the matter, down deep, as fathers, don't we want our kids, we don't want them scurrying to us at every moment. We don't want them coming and having this weirdly dependent relationship on us where we gotta help them with everything. But, but we want them to always know that when they face the most difficult challenges of their life, they have a safe place to come to. That, that we, they can come and they can pour out their heart and they can come and share what's going on and they, they find in us a safe place. See, Jesus knew his father so well in those, from those quiet moments in his last hours, instead of healing just a few more people, instead of preaching a few more sermons, instead he cried out to his father and he circled the wagons relationally in his life. Jesus, in those last moments, he gathered his disciples, his closest followers, in the last, in the, during the Last Supper. He gave them the last words. He served them, gave them remarks. Then here he is in the garden, and he's circling his, his relationship with his father. He's in these last moments wanting to connect with him and bringing to him his sorrow and bringing to him his difficulty and his challenges and his trials. He goes to his dad. How many of you dads want to be that kind of dad? 
the kind of dad that creates a safe place. The second lesson we learn from this is that Jesus' dad didn't take away the circumstances. He gave him strength to walk through them. Now this is hard as a dad because uh, we see in all the other accounts this interesting story play out where Jesus goes to the garden. He asks the father, is there any other way? And I believe with all my, Jesus is not, Jesus is not, it's not as if he doesn't want to bring salvation to humanity. It's not that he doesn't want to bring redemption. It's just that in his humanity, which is so beautiful to see in this passage, he's, he's petitioning the father, is there any other way? Is there any other options here? And if it's your will, I'm gonna absolutely do it, and he does. But even in this petition, even in this moment where Jesus is going to the Father and he's, he's engaging him and he's talking to him about this, there is a, a tendency to ask questions that you already know the answer to. And I think this is what Jesus was doing in this moment. And I can't for a moment imagine the emotions and the thoughts that the Father was experiencing as Jesus came to him to bring this request. And as Jesus comes to bring this request, the Father, just like any father, would not want to bring pain on his son. <laughs> the idea that <clears throat> I look at my kids and I, I don't want them to experience pain. I don't want them to experience difficulty. I, I don't... I, I don't want them to go through hard times, right? I mean, there's moments I'm okay with them going through some hard times, some pain. But ultimately, I, 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 my, the tendency is I want to protect them from that. I, don't, I want to protect them from the pain. I want to, I want to shield them from the difficulty, from the trials. And I, if I can pull them out of the circumstance, I want to, I want to kind of pull them out of the circumstance for sure. Uh, it's hard to say no to your kids, you guys, do we have any dads that are, it's hard to say no? Like when they look at you and they're like, hey, dad, can I please have that ice cream sandwich? And you're like, hey, mom said you could only have one sweet today. And they're like, I know, but dad. Man, I have a hard time saying no with that. I can't imagine if it was something that might cause them pain, cause them hurt. No, no, no. And here we see this, and it's un unbelievable, but listen, if I rescue them from the fires of adversity every time, how will they ever get the opportunity to overcome? If I rescue them from the fire of adversity every time, how will they have the opportunity to survive and to thrive? See, the fire that could destroy them could also form them into the person that God wants them to be. See, what Jesus asked for in this humanity would have undercut his, new, his purpose, his very purpose for coming to earth. And this is exactly what the Father knew, and I believe Jesus knew it too, but there was something Jesus still had to come, and he asked, and he talked to the Father, this safe place. But Jesus didn't simply sit in silence. And all those other accounts that we read, it kind of seems weird. Like, here Jesus is um, praying, and he has these guys with him praying, and it's obvious that he's sorrowful and distressed, and, and, and he wants them to join him, and he goes once, twice, three times to prayer. And in the three accounts of the Gospels, we see that he kind of, he, he comes out of this, 
after praying, and there's no kind of response or reply, all we know is that he's kind of standing straight, he's walking away, and he's walking into the fray. That's what we see of Jesus. We see him saying, hey, rise, let's go, right? Rise, let's go. My betrayer's at hand. We gotta walk into this thing. And, and it's kind of like he's got this kind of strength on him, like this resolve that is kind of confusing because he's just, he's throwing it all out to God, the Father. He's, he's crying in a sense. He's, he's got the other guys. He wants them to pray with him. And then all of a sudden, how does he go from that into rise, let's walk into the fray. Rise, let's go to the cross. How does Jesus do this? Luke 22 gives us a little insight, right? It says, it's not as if the father sat in silence, or the father was not responding. It says that there's angel came and strengthened Jesus there in the garden. Now, what does that look like? How did that happen? I don't know. But I know angels are at the command of the Father. That's what I do know from Scripture. This wasn't some rogue angel like, hey, Father, you're not really helping him out. I think I'm going to do, I'll do you a solid. I'm going to come help out your son. This was at the command of the Father. An angel shows up on the scene. And he strengthens the son. And he strengthens him for the purpose in front of him. You see, fathers don't rescue their kids from their destiny. They give them the strength and courage to run towards it. This is what fathers do. Father's role is not to keep them from every fire, keep them from every trial, keep them from every, every circumstance or the, the consequences of the circumstances in any way. Fathers are to impart courage and fathers are to impart life and to impart strength for them to fulfill their purpose. Because you could look at this story and go, gosh, is God the father some sadistic God who's sending his son off to die and doesn't care and he's silent in the process? What does it matter? The idea that he, what, he's, he's happy that his son is there, right? Coming to him and he's just gonna go ahead and go off and let him die. And if that's your view, let me just tell you, it's so short-sighted because God is a God who loves you so much, who cares about you, that he will allow you to go through fire. He will allow you to go through difficulty and face trials because it will produce in you exactly the kind of man or woman God wants you to be. He will produce something in you. And let me just say, this is exactly what happened and we see here. There is no question in my mind that God the Father was so pleased that Jesus was there in that moment coming to him, laying it all out. And there's no doubt in my mind he knew this was the only way to redeem creation. This was the only way to bring salvation to all who had put their faith in Jesus Christ. It was through his vicarious death and resurrection. And Jesus knew it, and God the Father knew it, and there was no other way. But he didn't just sit there and twiddle his thumbs. God the Father strengthened him and imparted life to him. And let me just tell you, dads, this is you and I's role with our kids. Our role is to be a safe place for them to come, but also to impart strength and courage for them to be the men and women God's called them to be. That's our role. And this is exactly what we see the Father doing as our perfect model throughout Scripture. And Jesus was strengthened 
And Jesus walked towards the cross with courage and strength. See, dads, dads see a bigger picture oftentimes. Dads see, the, they know more matters than just the moment that's in front. And with this, the dads are the place where we run to when we face difficulty. Now some of you are here today and go, you know, that wasn't the case with my dad. My dad here on earth, he was not the guy you'd run to for safety. He was the guy you'd run away from. Let me just tell you, I get that because we live in a broken, sinful world. There's many, too many that that happened to and it's real. But let me just tell you, just because that's the case with him doesn't that mean that that's the case with your heavenly father because you have a heavenly father that is completely safe for you to run to with all of the issues and every big moment and trial of your life, even in the good times and bad, you can run to him and he loves it when you show up. He's not irritated, he's not angry. But when you show up in prayer, when you show up in anguish, when you're facing a trial, you're facing whatever, and you go to the Father, let me just tell you, he's so glad that you're there. And he's so glad that he can be that safe place for you, even if your earthly father wasn't or isn't that place. And as a, as a father, let me just say, I can speak for myself when I say, I want to be that kind of dad. My kids run to and they face those moments. As dads, this is what we do. As dads, we're the place we run to and they face difficulty. Dads inspire and dads encourage us to run when we face these things. They, they, they encourage and strengthen us to fulfill our purpose and destiny. As dads, we look at our kids and we say, we believe that God's put something in you. We believe that God can speak to you. We believe that God has a purpose and a destiny for your life. And there's going to be challenges and there's going to be difficulties. But I'm not going to save you from all the consequences because God's going to use some of this fire to form you into the man or the woman that he wants you to be. And listen, you can come to me and I'm here and we're gonna talk, we're gonna pray, but I'm not gonna pull you out of all your circumstances. Instead, I'm gonna give you strength and courage knowing that you can get through them. That can, you can walk on the other side and experience victory, experience life. And that's what I'm here for. Dads, this is what we do. And I wanna take a moment to thank the dads who are here today, who have created those safe places to run, who inspire courage and impart strength. So to do that, I just wanna invite all the fathers that are here to stand up. I wanna pray over you today, here on Father's Day. Wherever you are, just stand and your dad, granddad, been a dad for a long time, just glad you're here. I wanna say a few things. Here's what I wanna say. Some of you need to know that you're never too old for your father, your son, or your daughter still needing a place at times, a safe place to come and talk to you and pray and get perspective in life. No matter how old we get, we still need that safe place. Let me just tell you, you can be that and you can also impart courage and strength for 
your son or daughter, even if they're grown to be the man or the woman that God wants them to be. Some of you feel condemned. You go, man, I haven't been a great dad. I haven't been a good father. I've messed up on this. And even as I'm preaching, like, I need to do this better and this better. And that's kind of our tendency, right? We hear something, we go, oh yeah, I'm messing up on that and I don't do this right. Let me just tell you, that's the voice of the enemy wanting to discourage you. But here's what I want. I want to tell you, you're not to be condemned, but you're to be encouraged. Thank you for the moments you've got it right. Thank you for the moments that you just created that place for your kids to run to to love and to pray with. Thank you when you inspired and encouraged them that they can do it. And you didn't remove them from their circumstance, but you strengthened them for their journey. Let me just tell you, thank you. And that God has a purpose, not only for your children, but for you. And let me just tell you, it's, a, it's an honor to be a dad. I looked at my kids last night. I put them all to sleep. Kayla left me to hang out with ladies the night before Father's Day. So wrong. And I put them all to bed and I'm looking at them. And I looked at my 11-year-old twins and I said, thank you for making me a dad. It's been some of the most challenging. It's caused me to grow spiritually more. Because how many times you know as dad, you don't even know what to do at times. Like you're going, I don't know. I didn't even know they knew that word. I didn't know they knew this thing. I don't know what to do. God, I don't know. And it causes me to find my knees and go to my heavenly Father. Father, I need you. I want to I bring strength and life to them. Man, being a father is the most amazing thing. It's an amazing job, and you do a great job. And I want to say thank you, and I want to pray a blessing over you. Father, thank you for these men that are here today. Men of faith. Men of courage. Men that don't always rescue their kids from the fire or from the circumstance, but instead impart strength and courage for the obstacle, for the trial. And I pray right now, God, that you would fill them with your joy and your pleasure, that they would know, no matter how young or old their, their kids or even grandkids are now, but Lord, I just pray that they would sense your pleasure in the areas they've just gotten right. Maybe they stumbled onto brilliance and maybe they didn't have a good example themselves. But God, you are our perfect example and we thank you for that. And we invite you, Father, to continue to father us, to continue to teach us, continue to impart faith to us in our circumstances so that we have the strength and the courage to walk through them. God, I know it's rare, but we even thank you in this moment for not taking us out of the fire at times. We thank you even in this moment for not rescuing us from our circumstances, but making us stronger in them. For that's why we're here. That's the men that you've created us to be. So God, I pray your blessing over these men this year as they seek to honor their families and serve their families and love their wives and love their kids and work and redeem and restore. I pray your blessing in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, can we give these men a big hand for Father's Day? So grateful for you. Could you stand with me? Everybody stand. We're going to dismiss today. Before we do, I want to invite our prayer workers forward. If you have questions about Jesus or if you need someone to pray with, 
These men and women are right up here. They'd love to pray with you, answer any questions that you have. I want to just invite you to say, hey, man, I just need someone to pray with my family. Pray with me. Uh, these, these men and women would love to do that. Just, just, just that. I hope you have an amazing, an amazing week. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. You're dismissed. <laughs>